your servicemen and women. You know some of them. Some of them are in your family. Um, and some, just, just remember them this week. Lift them up in prayer because our military uh, definitely needs our prayers today, probably more than ever. And uh, we're here because they did what they did. And so we're so thankful. We never forget that, never forget their sacrifice. So we love our veterans here at Brighton. Hey, if you've been with us any time, we just finished up a sermon or a sermon series. I guess you got series. It kind of turned into a series on hunger. And we were really passionate about it because the big takeaway, the big thing I want you to leave you with that is, you know, if you have children or if you yourself, if you're hungry, everything's great, right? But when you pass a meal up, especially guys, if you pass a meal up, Something's wrong, right? And and your wife knows it. If you're married and you pat, you know, I'm not really hungry. Like what? You know, that's like a red flag for them, right? Or if you have kids, if you have grandkids, and they're not hungry, what does that usually tell you? That's usually like a big red flag that something is wrong, right? Something's going on in their body. Something's not right, and and they need help. For you and I, spiritually, that's what I want you to see. Spiritually, when you're not hungry for God, when you're not hungry for the Word of God, when you're not hungry to spend time with God, when you're not hungry to come to church, when you're not hungry in these areas, that's a big, huge red flag saying something's wrong. Something's wrong. You need a, This needs attention. This part of your life needs attention. And so that's what we kind of walked through in the hunger series. We talked about how to be hungry. What does that look like? We even talked about fasting. Hopefully some of you guys had carry that on, that it's not just for January. We actually fast, you know, more than that if you want to. I challenge you guys to do it once a week. Um, maybe even like a breakfast, lunch is a great kind of combination. And uh, you're definitely ready to eat by supper time. But again, what does that do? That, always, that just brings us back to our need for the Lord. And we're not fasting. And, you know, we mentioned in our, in our series that when you fast, make sure you're praying, because if you're not praying when you fast, it's just a diet, and I mean, some of you guys might need that, but we're not talking about that right now, right? And, and so, we just, I love this series about hunger. If you miss it, check our website out. It's all in there, and so I wasn't quite ready to get into another book, and so what we're going to do today is, it's November. If you didn't realize it or not, it's November, November 7th, and you're like, oh my goodness. It's like two weeks. Melissa was talking to me yesterday, two weeks till Thanksgiving, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. No, it's too fast. And then it's like one week, next week, next Sunday night is our Thanksgiving dinner, which if you've never been, you need to come. It is just fabulous food, right? we got turkey, ham, uh, mashed potatoes, and the mashed potatoes are real mashed potatoes. We don't do instant. Uh, Pastor Clayton said he's going to help peel, which that might entice some of you. That might turn some of you guys off. I don't know, but, but he's going to help peel potatoes. But it's just, it's just a fun night. It's free. We supply everything. Just come have fun. It's just a fun fellowship night. But uh, it's just so hard to believe that it's November. And before you blink, it's going to be Christmas and it's going to be the new year. I mean, th- that now is when time just kind of goes crazy. And so I thought about doing something about thankfulness. And then that led to, uh, let's talk about encouragement. Because the season we're in, it seems like one of the highest times for people in depression. And so let's talk about, let's focus on encouragement. I think some of us in here, you need to be encouraged. And some of us need to be encouragers to those around us. And so maybe this morning, we're speaking to you. But if everybody was honest, I think I'd get 100% participation in this. Every one of us likes encouragement, right? I don't think none of us sat here this morning saying, ah, I'm good. 
Are you kidding me? Everybody likes to be told they're doing good or something they did was nice or that they're, they're valuable. We love that, right? And you crave that. And so we want that. And so if you look at encouragement, encouragement is an action. It requires an action on your part. And so the action of you supporting someone, maybe the action of you giving someone confidence, maybe the action of you giving someone hope, Maybe the action of you just speaking in somebody's life. So it's an action on your part. And so let's look at it as an action. If you look at it in the Bible, the Bible has encouragement all throughout it. And actually the biblical word for encouragement is paraklesis. And so anytime you see um, that word, you'll see paraklesis. And that means the same reference to encouragement. And in the Greek, it means comfort, to lift, to refresh, to strengthen them. Right, And so we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. And so John 14, we get to John 14, and Jesus is telling the disciples that he's got to go away. And if you read this before, you know that the disciples didn't like this. Like, no, you stay with us. No, for order for things to work out, I have to go. And when I go, I'm going to send what? The Holy Spirit, right? And he's going to send the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. And the ESV, ESV version calls him comforter. Some versions call him the helper. And so we see that. And look, let's read that John 14, 26 together. It says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. And we can actually read that as the encourager. So when the father sends the encourager as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I told you. And so encouragement to everyone that's what the Holy Spirit is. And I don't know about you, but when I read the Gospels, when I read the story of Jesus, his life, what did he do everywhere he went? He encouraged people, right? People that least expected encouragement from him were encouraged. People that he wasn't even supposed to talk to because they were deemed unclean, they weren't worthy of anything, he encouraged them, didn't he? He was the ultimate example for us. I'm constantly reminded that when I read, when I read the story of Jesus, when I open the word of God, I'm constantly reminded of the encouragement they shared. And are we not supposed to model ourselves off of Christ? And so if we're supposed to model ourselves off of Christ, that should mean what? That you and I are called to be encouragers, right? That we are encouragement to people, encouraging others around us. Because when I read the Word of God, whenever I open this up, I'm constantly reminded of encouragement in my life. So then there's this, there might be something, that I, this idea of encouragement for you and I as Christians. And we think about it, think God is the God of encouragement. I mean, you can't read the Word of God without seeing encouragement. You can't know the story of the Bible without knowing encouragement how he loved you before time began, how he focused his love on you. That's encouragement for you. That's encouragement for me. Some of you may be here this morning, though, you think, well, God has not encouraged me right now. If you knew, Pastor, what I was going through, if you knew what I was facing, if you know what I'm dealing with right now, you would understand God has not encouraged me. I challenge that this morning. I think maybe you're not listening to him. Maybe you're not reading his word. Maybe you're not listening to the right voices in your life right now. Because God is a constant encourager. If you don't believe God is encouraging, why did he give us the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit placed in our hearts? To be the constant encourager. 
the spirit that we saw referred to as a comforter, the encourager, that you and I could have his spirit, the spirit of God living inside of us, encouraging us, comforting us. If he's not encouraging God, why would he go to that? Why would he make that available to you and I? You're like, okay, well then, how does this work, Pastor? I don't know how it works for you. Maybe this week, the Holy Spirit will quicken your heart and remind you of something that we taught this morning on Sunday morning. Remind you to encourage somebody that day. Maybe something will happen when you're reading the Word of God. Some of you have had this happen before. You're reading maybe a passage you know you can almost quote by heart, but you're reading it and it's like, whoa, I've never seen that before. And the Holy Spirit just has a way of pulling these things out to you and revealing them to you in a new way, in a new light. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit encouraging you. But it's the nature of God. God is a consistent encourager. I mean, why were we created? The Bible tells us we were created to have a relationship with Him, to fellowship with Him, right? So that means He wants to fellowship with us. That means He wants to know us. That means He wants to encourage us. In reality, that's how we grow in our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God, by his encouragement. So think about, think about when we view God as a constant encourager, what do, some things happen, right? We realize how good God is. We realize all that he's done for us. Even You can't sit here this morning and say, well, he's not done anything for me. Look at my situation. Well, baloney. Because before the beginning of time, he loved you. The whole Old Testament screams of Jesus coming because how much he loves you. When we get to the Old, New Testament, we see that Jesus steps out of glory, steps out of heaven, walks earth as a man, abused as a man, dies as a man, all for you. Tell me God doesn't love you. Tell me God is not encouraging you. Read the Bible. So we realize how good he is, how much he loves us, how he's constantly encouraging us. And when we're dialed in our relationship with God, we recognize this. We recognize how good God is, how he's encouraging us. But I know, I know there's some of you that are super frustrated with God right now. You're like, he's not encouraging me. Well, maybe you need to focus on your relationship with him. Maybe you need to ask him to restore your joy. Maybe you ask him to bring the hunger back to where then you are reading the word of God. You are praying to him. You are seeking his face. And then you listen for the constant encouragements. One thing I like to do, and I mentioned this before, is I like to blame God for everything. Not just the bad things. I know we're good at blaming God for the bad things. I'm talking about all the good things that happen in your life, in your daily life. Somebody buys your coffee, you think of Jesus, right? I mean, you get a promotion at work, you're thinking God. I mean, every little thing that I can find to blame God, I'm going to blame him because he's constantly encouraged me. Who's to say he didn't make that happen? I'm not. Why not give him credit? Because he's a constant encourager. We need to view God as a constant encourager in our life. Look at 2 Corinthians 1.3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of miracles and God of all comforts. That word comfort there, we see that, paracletes. Is encouragement. He's a God of encouragement. That's how he works in our life. When the Lord is speaking to you, he's encouraging. Think about it. Even when he corrects, he's encouraging. Think about it. Even when he corrects, he's encouraging. Why? Because there's always mercy with God. 
He's the God of mercy. He's the God of grace. So even when he's correct, we can see him as encouraging. Now, let's look at that verse. I want to look, kind of expand that verse out to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. And what I did is I took that word comfort out, because in the Greek it means paraklesis, and I want to see encouragement. And so look at it with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all encouragement, who encourages us in our affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we see ourselves encouraged by God. Tell me he's not a God of encouragement. God encourages us. I mean, how great is he that encourages us? And look at it. Did you get the rest of that verse? Why does he encourage us? So we can encourage others, right? Verse 4, who encourages us in our affliction so we might be able to encourage those, right? It's a lesson for you and I. He's the ultimate example, right? He started the whole lead by example thing. That was God. He encourages us, so what? We encourage others. I mean, when we talk about reaching out to our coworkers or reaching out to our neighbors, when we're witnessing to those around us, some of you freeze up, right? When I start the whole, let's, let's witness to our... Well, uh, 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 that's what I usually get, right? Well, I can't do this, Pastor. I can't do this, Pastor. I can't quote scripture, Pastor. I don't know the Romans, Romans, salvation, Pastor. I don't know the 16 fundamentals of the sin of God. Let's slow down. Barely got that one out. <laughs> so you give me all these excuses about why you can't witness. And you think, well, if I can just get them through those doors, if I can just get them to this altar, if I can just get them to your office, you can tell them about Jesus. You talk about a super easy way to show those around us the love of God, encourage them. It doesn't get easier than that. Encourage them. Be the constant encourager in our life. When you encourage them, guess what happens? They want to come around you more often. Now, sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. But think about it. When you run into somebody and they are like super busy, super focused, which you see all the time today. I mean, we went to a, a restaurant yesterday and uh, we're sitting there and we're just watching because it's like a happy chaos that we're just watching. And I'm like, everybody is like on level 10. They're stressed out. I mean, people are getting angry and we're just watching all this play out. And I'm like, when you stop one of those people and say, hey, first off, right, their shield is going up. Their defenses are going up. They're like, okay, what do you got? And when you say, hey, you're doing a great job, what happens in that moment? Right? It's like, do they drop the shields and say, thank you? And then they actually start a conversation with you. I mean, it's a miracle, right? The simplest thing you can do, you're not telling them about Jesus, you're not quoting John 3, 16, because that's the one we know. We're just telling them, you did a good job. And how it breaks down defenses, and you're able to speak in their life in that moment. It opens their heart, and they begin to listen to you. Because why? In that moment, you're reflecting the Father. You're being Jesus to them. Why? Because he's a God of encouragement. And some of you need this this morning. Some of you need to know that God wants to encourage you this morning. He wants to know that he's for you, not against you. He wants you to know that he sees you. He wants you to know that you have a purpose. He wants to love you and show you encouragement this morning because he's a God of encouragement. 
not only is he the God of encouragement, he takes a step further. He gives us his word. And if you haven't spent any time in his word lately, this is a book full of encouragement. I mean, you open up and you see God encouraging you every step of the way. I mean, it's amazing how it happens. We talk so much about biblical literacy here at Brighton and reading the word of God. Why? Because we know it encourages us. We know when you're hurting, you can open the Bible and it will speak to you. We know that God is personally writing you a note that lasted the history of you know, time. Over 2,000 years, it's lasted and made it and survived. Why? Just so he could speak to you. That's encouragement. The word of God will lift you up. The word of God will strengthen you. Romans 15.4 says it this way. For everything that was written in the past, talking about the Bible, was written to teach us so that through endurance... And through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Through the encouragement of scriptures. Because we're encouraged by this word. You hear this warning, you need encouragement? Guess what? I got the magic pill right here. Just open this and start reading this. Read scriptures like Isaiah 41, 10. I love this one. This is the New Living Translation. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Come on, every one of us probably could use that verse this last week. Don't be afraid because I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We need that verse. Our world needs that verse right now, amen? That's encouraging to me. So when I'm discouraged, I open the word of God and I read verses like that. I read verses like Psalms 34, verses 4 through 6. He says, I pray to the Lord and he answered me. We could stop right there and some of you could shout because some of you are doubting that some of your prayers are being heard this morning. I pray to the Lord, he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Look at this. I love this part. No shadow of shame will darken their faith. Come on. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. You need encouragement this morning. You need to read the word of God. You need to let the Father speak words over your life. You need, you need hope. You need to read the word of God. You need to see what your Father has to say about you this morning. The word of God will encourage you if you let it. The Holy Spirit will bring alive scriptures as you begin to read them. You need another example. Let's look at Timothy. Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, Timothy goes to the church, and this church is an extremely difficult church. I mean, crazy things are happening. He's discouraged. He's frustrated. He doesn't want to know what to do. He's throwing up his hands. So Paul writes him. Paul writes him in 1 Timothy 4, verse 13. He says this, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church. Isn't <laughs> that brilliant? I mean, until I get there, just, just read the word encouraging the believers and teaching them. Encouraging them and teaching them by what? Just reading, alert, reading the word. He's telling Timothy, devote yourself to encouraging others by reading the word of God. I mean, how beautiful is that? Read the word. You want to be encouraged? Read the word. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been to a place where you wanted to give up? I think every one of us probably 100% could raise our hands. Maybe something you've been working on. Maybe something in your life you've been working towards. Maybe in a prayer that you've been praying for long, so long, you're ready to give up, you're ready to stop praying. 
We've all been there. We've all experienced what that feels like to get to the point where like, I am done. I'm done with this. I'm through with this. And then somebody comes along and they say, they tell you an encouraging word. Don't you hate that person? Like, I was, I was ready to give in. I was ready to throw a towel. And then what happens? They say that encouraging word, and you're like, okay. Okay, you kind of shake it off. You're like, I can do this. You know, they're right. I can do this. They're right. I'm good at this. They're right. I can handle this. And it changes your whole perspective. Why? Because somebody just comes along and encourages you. What does that do for you? It gives you a new perspective. You go from that's all I can do, that's all I'm done, I can't do it anymore, I give up. And that encouraging word from a friend, it breathes breathes new life into your situation, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, you've got this new perspective. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. It changes everything, doesn't it? Isn't that funny how it works? And you want to know one of the coolest things about encouragement? You don't even have to know the person to change their perspective. You don't have to know them. You don't have a relationship with them. You don't have to. To have an impact in our life. Think about that, that, that cash register. Not the cash register. The person working the cash register. Or think about that stranger you come across. Think about the waitress. Think about the person in the cafe. You have a chance to change their perspective. You have a chance to speak in their life, and it could change their day. I mean, the power of your words. Come on. And you don't even know that person, but you can show them the love of the Father in that moment. Just one word of encouragement, it may be what they need to get through what they're going through. And here's the absolute best part of encouragement. You don't have to worry about offending anybody. Come on. Our day we live in, you can't already say a word without offending somebody. Encourage them. It's not going to offend them. I mean, when you tell that person that just served you your meal, hey, you're doing a great job, you're like, you think they're going to get mad and huffy at you? No. I mean, I'm sure there's outlier cases. Somebody be ticked off. You tell them how good they're doing. But we're not talking about that. I'm telling you, you can't offend them. I'm telling them they're doing a good job. Everyone in our world today could use encouragement. Every one of us. Why? Because our culture is so good at telling us how horrible we are. Oh, you can't do this right. Social media is the best at telling you how much of a failure you are in life, right? All your friends have this. You have this. You know, all your friends have jobs up here. You're working down here, right? Their house looks like this. Yours looks like this. I mean, social media is great, right? Telling you how horrible, how no good, how you're not successful. You can't do this. You can't do this. But when you tell somebody you're doing a good job, it makes them pay attention, They want to stop for a moment. And for some people, it might be a light bulb moment for them. You know, you might, you and the Holy Spirit might speak a word of encouragement to somebody. Say, man, I, you know, I heard you singing over here. Man, you do a great, you're a great singer. That might be the encouragement they need to step in the gift that God has given them. Think about it. Maybe their gifting is worship. And maybe your encouraging word just gave them the courage they needed to say, you know what, this is me. I love doing this. Maybe I am a worshiper. And they step into the gift that God's given. You can be used in that way by just sharing a word of encouragement. I mean, because let's be honest, we're, we're a lot better at seeing gifts in other people than we are ourselves, aren't we? But you and I have a chance to change the course of people's lives 
simply by listening to the Holy Spirit and encouraging those around us with the word. We could change their perspective. Anybody remember Barnabas in the Bible? What was his nickname? Son of Encouragement. I want that nickname. I want every one of us to have that nickname, Son of Encouragement. We see Barnabas in Acts 11, verse 22 and 24. The church in Jerusalem had heard what the stuff's going on in Antioch. They're like, you know let's send Barnabas to Antioch. And so they sent him down there. And then verse 23, when he, saw, when he arrived and saw the evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. So he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. And look how it ends. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong of faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Do you see that? Why? Because Barnabas was an encourager. People were brought to the church because Barnabas was an encourager. Come on. We are, our encouraging words can bring people to fellowship with the Lord. Isn't that exciting? I mean, come on. That's easy. You being an encourager can help grow the church. Are you seeing how encouragement can make a huge difference in the lives of people? And it's super simple. All we got to do is open our eyes. I mean, so one of the easiest things you can do is if we commit to making encouragement a part of our everyday. If you set out, this is my goal for you. This is homework for you. Set out to every day you seek to who you can be an encourager to. Every day. You don't let one day pass without encouraging somebody. And let me tell you, it better start with your spouse. Better be your first step. Practice on your spouse. An encouraging word to them. Practice on your kids. Be an encourager to your kids. Practice on those, and then you broaden your horizons from there. But let me tell you, in this season of depression, being at the highest, you could be the voice of God for somebody. How powerful is that? You and I are called to be a light to everyone around us, are we not? This is the easiest way to start that. And I want to wrap up by looking at Hebrews 3.13. This is one of my favorite favorite verses. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When does it say be an encourager? Every day. Every day. Encourage one another daily, Right? And I mentioned this example in the first service. Abbott Costello, anybody, you know, first service got it. Some of you guys. If you don't know Abbott Costello, look up Abbott Costello. Look up the baseball skit. Best one ever, right? So they do this whole bit. They do this whole bit about who's on first, Watts on second. I don't know who's on third. And they just go round and round. I mean, it's the best story ever, right? But it, it, they do this to us in Hebrews because look at it. It says, as long as it is to call today, right? Well, think about it. When's today? It's today. Well, tomorrow, when tomorrow gets here, what's tomorrow going to be? Today. I mean, it's a whole Abacostello bit. It's today. He's telling it every day. Every day today. If, if it's called today, if it ends with a Y, you're to be an encourager, right? I mean, that's what he's saying. And now today, encourage all those around you. And did you catch that last part of the, the verse? Go to the next one there. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Have you ever thought of that? Okay, what is sin's de deceitfulness? And we alluded to it earlier. We talked about it 
a lot here at the church lately. What I, I think it's speaking to here is the enemy deceitfulness of telling you who you are. Because the enemy loves to tell you and I who we are. Or you're this. You're, you will only be this. You'll never be this because you're just this. You felt at this. You felt at this. You felt. The enemy loves to tell us all the things we felt about. How we're no good. But did you catch this verse? What it's saying? So what's the, what's the opposite of that? Constantly be told you're no good. The opposite of that would be encouragement. Encouragement. The enemy is hammering you, saying you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. And then all of a sudden somebody comes along and says, you're amazing. Come on, that's a God thing. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another daily so the enemy doesn't get a foothold telling you you're this, you're that, but somebody's every day, somebody's telling you, Man, you're amazing. Man, you did a great job of this. Man, I saw how hard you worked on this. I saw you did this. And that combats the lies of the enemy telling you you're this, this, and this. Because we believe what the voice of the Lord is saying to us. It's a God thing. We're not called to bring light into darkness, or we're not called to bring hope to the hopeless. Our culture today needs to hear they're valued. Those you rub shoulders with need to see, know that you see them. They're important. Some of you in here this morning need to know God sees you and you're important. You're doing an amazing job. So we encourage one another daily. Daily, because the enemy doesn't take a day off. So my challenge for you is be the voice of God for somebody. You don't even have to know them. So start witnessing to those around you. Who is it that you can encourage today? I want to ask you to stand with me. Now, I don't want you to leave here thinking, okay, pastor, that was a super simple message. Because it was a super simple message. <laughs> but sometimes we discount the super simple because we think it's got to be harder. What's well, my favorite thing? Kiss. Everybody know the kiss? Keep it simple, stupid. Come on, that's me. Don't make it difficult. If you, if you, you memorize scripture, that's awesome. That will only be the betterment for you and for everybody around you if you memorize Scripture. But don't think I have to have five of these memorized before I can say a word to anybody. Keep it simple. Don't say, oh, I've heard this pastor. I heard this. Okay, then do it. Okay? You tell me I heard this pastor. Do it. Okay? This week, I challenge you. I want, I'm praying the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart right now Somebody you can encourage this week. Maybe you see the same person at McDonald's every morning. If you go to McDonald's morning, we'll pray for you. <laughs> but maybe you see that same person every morning at the convenience store, the gas station, the cafe, whatever it may be. Maybe the person delivers, delivers your goods to your work. Maybe you counter them every day. You don't really know them. Be an encourager. I'm praying right now God's laying somebody in your heart that you can be an encourager. And I pray that every one of you takes this challenge. 
Don't let one day go by without being an encouragement to somebody. Why? Because in that moment, you're reflecting the Father. In that moment, you're pointing people to Jesus. Because nobody in our culture is encouraging. They won't tell you how bad you stink. But when you tell them how good they are, they they whoa, something different about that person. I want to be around that person. Come on. Let's do what God has called us to do. Dearly Father, Lord God, I pray this morning that you place it in our hearts, not to overlook this message, Lord God, but take this message to heart, to take this challenge this week, Lord, that we can speak love into somebody's life, that we can speak hope, we can speak encouragement, Lord Jesus, into somebody's life by simply encouraging them, simply telling them they did a good job, Lord God. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that this week, every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that you quicken our hearts and bring people in our lives that we can encourage and that we take the challenge personally saying, I won't let one day go by without encouraging somebody, showing them the love of the Father in a practical way. In your precious holy name we pray, amen, amen. If you'd like prayer, we'd love to pray with you. God bless you guys.